God's healing and blessing upon them. And we welcome you. Uh, we uh, leave an offering plate here in the sanctuary for those who bring tithes and offerings uh, into God's house this morning. You're welcome to donate. Um, if you'd uh, like to be faithful to the Lord and support the ministry of Desert Hills Community Church, you can uh, mail your offering to Desert Hills Community Church, 129 6th Avenue West, Gooding, Idaho, 83330. And we thank you for that. Thank you for joining us today. It's a privilege to worship with you, um, whether in-house or remotely. So we're going to continue our sermon series, Winning Over Worry. And today's sermon is entitled, Reach Out and Touch Someone. It's from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5. Uh, from the middle of verse 24 through verse 34. Mark chapter 5, middle of verse 24 through verse 34. This morning, we'll be looking um, at a story in Mark chapter 5 of a particular woman, and we can all relate to her, regardless of whether we're a woman, a girl, a boy, a man, all can relate to this woman, um, because this is a story about feeling alone and discouraged. Have you ever felt alone and discouraged? I mean, every single one of us, young, old, in between. If we're going to be honest, yes, there's been a time when we felt alone and discouraged. Have you ever agonized through a sickness or a sin or a personality trait that alienated you from people Have you ever felt like an outcast or a reject? If so, uh, the Gospel of Mark today is going to answer a relevant question that we all have. How can we handle hopelessness? So let's go there into the Mark of, into the Mark Gospel, into the Gospel of Mark. Uh, The purpose of Mark's Gospel is to demonstrate that Jesus is a Son of God. And the key theme is servant is the servanthood and compassion of Jesus. Mark's gospel presents Jesus as the Savior King who conquers demons and disease and death. And in chapter 5 of Mark, in, in verses 21 through 43, there are two stories that are knit together there. In the first story, Jairus, a synagogue official, ran up and fell at Jesus' feet and told him that he had a 12-year-old daughter that was at the point of death. Can you imagine the desperation in a father's heart? He then begged Jesus to come and lay hands on his daughter so that she might be healed. And Jesus agreed and began making his way towards the man's house. So we see that in Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through the first part of Verse 24. And that in itself is an amazing account. Um, We'll be focusing on the second story that begins in the middle of uh, verse 24 there in Mark chapter 5. And I just want to say before uh, I go any farther and um, we read this passage that that Jesus is surrounded by people. We're going to see that here in a moment. And, And He's moving through this town. um, And then the synagogue leader, a well-known local person, comes and asks him to come and pray over my daughter. And so that adds to the excitement. So thousands of people are around Jesus. And he's moving through this town. And I like to call it 
the parade. Um, Jesus didn't show up with floats and stuff like like Gooding High School did for homecoming last week. But, but man, I mean, there's people, and they're moving through town, and everybody's following or going ahead of Jesus, and it's all excited, and they got a purpose. They're going to the synagogue leader's house for Jesus to pray over his daughter for healing. And then I want you to notice in our story today that one person who needs Jesus and reaches out to him, he stops everything to minister to that one person. Man, there is a life lesson there. Um, Order your life, the priorities of your life, so that you're not so busy doing what you think is quote-unquote important stuff that you miss an opportunity to minister one-on-one to somebody, to share the love and salvation of Jesus Christ with them. Jesus stopped everything. The, The parade grinds to a halt for a moment in our story today so that one person who reaches out to him in faith is responded to with his love and salvation. So keep that in mind and and let that be a lesson to us on how we order and prioritize uh, the days of our lives. Um, In in the middle of verse 24 of Mark chapter 5, there are these words. A large crowd followed and pressed around him around Jesus. That phrase there, a large crowd, is the same phrase Mark uses in the next chapter, in Mark chapter 6, to describe the 5,000 men that Jesus fed that came out to hear him at a different location. And um, Matthew and Luke say 5,000 men plus women and children. So uh, that same word that Mark's using here represents thousands of of people. The size of this crowd following Jesus is huge. It it was not a quiet scene. It would have been filled with anticipation and expectation and everybody talking and, and everybody seeing something probably they had never seen before in their lives. This observation is important to us as we're reading through this account. So let's read together from the middle of Mark chapter of 5 verse 24 through verse 34. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus... She ran up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and and yet you ask, who touched me? Um, I am just shocked at at that statement, at the the boldness of the disciples. Um, And and, uh, elsewhere in Scripture, it says that God's ways are above our ways. And Jesus was aware of what was going on around him at a whole different level than 
his disciples were when they asked that, when they responded to him with their own question. So verse 32, but Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Wow! What an amazing encounter. So let's look at this woman's condition. The first Verse 25 and 26, Mark begins, A woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Now that's about a tragic report of somebody's life. Our hearts should ache for this woman. Bleeding is a difficult issue to deal with because the loss of blood can mean loss of life. Um, We use the phrase bleeding out to refer to a person who has lost so much blood that she's close to death. Blood loss can place your organs in severe pain as they lack the necessary oxygen oxygen to function properly. This woman, 12 years, she must have been especially weak and thin, and pale. Mark indicates that this woman had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors. I don't think this statement uh, is intended to be a criticism against doctors. Uh, They practiced medical practice at, at the state that it was then and tried everything they knew to try. The point is to stress the severity of the illness. So, just to make this point abundantly clear, I want to take an opportunity to express my profound gratitude for our doctors and nurses and healthcare workers and first responders. Thank you for being Christ's hands and feet, especially during this COVID-19 pandemic that we're in this year. The hospitals in the Magic Valley, in Gooding in the area around here, are doing excellent work combating this horrible disease with the hundreds of patients in their care. And I serve as a hospice chaplain, and the nurses that I get to work with are dedicated to, to providing dignity and love and comfort and health to the hospice patients that we serve. And, and they order their entire lives to, to maximize their health so that they can contribute to the health of the hospice uh, patients that that we work with so my hat's off to them especially today Um, but sadly this woman in spite of all all the attempts at medical care that she had made and others had made on her behalf the woman in this narrative she didn't get relief from her treatments she kept you know i mean can you imagine get your hopes up with a new doctor hold to the possibility that someone would be able to help her But despite all the treatments and promises, no one could provide relief. To add insult to injury, this poor woman had spent all her money, and her condition had grown worse, not better. So, as we pick up in the story here, she's both physically and financially devastated. All avenues of healing known to her 
have been tried and all resources have been exhausted. But like the gift that keeps on giving, wait, that's not all. There's more to her suffering. Not only did this woman suffer from physical and financial problems, she also suffered from social and spiritual problems. We know this because she was a Jewish woman living under Old Testament law. The word translated subject to bleeding in this passage in Mark is also used in the Old Testament in Leviticus chapter 15 verse 25 for a condition that caused a woman to be ceremonially, ritually unclean in Israelite culture. If she had any contact with others, they would be considered unclean as well. If she was unmarried before her condition, she wouldn't have been able to marry. If she was married, her marriage would have been a very lonely and quarantined one. If she had children, she would have had to watch them grow up from a distance. She would have been unable to embrace them as anything she touched was then unclean. Most likely, this woman couldn't go out and take place in marketplace activities since any other woman who might accidentally touch her would be considered unclean as well. It's likely that this woman was treated like a leper, shunned to avoid contamination. And if all of this wasn't bad enough, this woman also couldn't take part in public worship. She couldn't bring her sacrifices to the priest. She couldn't hear the priest declare to her that her sins had been forgiven and that God had accepted her. She couldn't experience community. This poor woman had to bear the burden of her illness all on her own. So, most likely, she lived a lonely, isolated, and painful life. Her spiritual, social, and psychological consequences will be nearly unbearable. And undoubtedly, this woman experienced discouragement and depression and defeat. It's even likely that she struggled with ongoing bitterness and anger toward God for allowing these circumstances. Just think for a moment how we can each individually, personally identify with her plight. Maybe there's something about you that seems to ruin any hope for your happiness. It may be a physical problem like this woman has. It may be an injury, a disability, a chronic problem like migraines or a bad back. It may be something in your personality. You may be desperately shy or overbearing. As a result, you struggle in your interpersonal relations. It may be an addiction like food, alcohol, drugs, gambling, or pornography. Consequently, you push people away in your life. Whatever your area of struggle, you know exactly how it feels to be cut off from people and opportunities. Well, fortunately, this doesn't have to be your final fate. It doesn't have to be an impossible situation. We know this because the story of the bleeding woman here in Mark chapter 5, does not end with despair. So let's look at the woman's cure. We'll go back to Mark's account in, in 
chapter 5, verses 27 through 29, where it says, When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Um, I love that first phrase there in verse 27, when she heard about Jesus. Uh, that tells me that word about Jesus was getting around. This woman, this woman had heard what he had done in the lives of other people already. It's a wonderful thing when the word about Jesus gets around. It can get around through you and I as we live like Christ in this world and as we tell others what he's done for us. Once this woman heard about Jesus, she decided at this point she had nothing to lose. I mean, it's been 12 years. She's been everything. She's getting worse, not better. Um, without, except for Jesus, there's no solution that she knows of. She got nothing to lose. She tried everything and everyone. No one had come through for her. And that's because she'd never heard about Jesus. When she did hear about Jesus, she acted. Wow, there's some wisdom there. Despite being packed into the masses of people, this poor woman found a way to get to Jesus. Can you imagine the degree of difficulty in this maneuver? I mean, remember, she's unclean. And she's in the midst of a crowd of thousands of people. Uh, we struggle, you know, ourselves with social distancing to stay six feet away from other people, right? Um, this must have been her getting to Jesus. It must have been a Stealth 007 level sneaky, sneaky mission for her to get to him. I'm sure she was wiggling through the crowd and, and finding a way to, to try not to touch anyone, yet ultimately pressing forward so that she could touch the garment of Jesus. Her faith was so great that she believed that she could just touch his cloak and she would be healed. And the lady puts fingers to her faith. However, it's important to recognize that what this poor woman did was illegal. Think about that. Since she was ritually unclean, being in public, especially in a large crowd like this, thousands of people, that was forbidden. She had broken social and ritual codes in her desire to be healed. She could have accidentally brushed up against any number of people. Anyone this woman touched will become unclean, will be required to bathe and to launder their clothing. But this woman approached Jesus and deliberately touched him, which would have supposedly made Jesus unclean. This woman was guilty of violating the Old Testament law because she desperately wanted to experience the healing power of Jesus Christ. It's worth noting that in Matthew and Luke's account of this story, they indicate that the woman specifically reached for the fringe or edge of Jesus' cloak. And the cloak would have hung down to mid-thigh level, and, and there was a fringe along the bottom, and she would have reached um, low down to that place 
to touch. So she needed to humble herself to be able to do that. Um, she needed to relinquish all forms of pride and self-preservation and human wisdom. Uh, there's one fundamental difference between the woman touching Jesus and everyone else who's pressing up against him and touching him in some form or fashion. The woman who touched the fringe of Jesus' garment, she had to lower herself. She either, she either had to bend over or she had to kneel to get down to touch the fringe of his garment. Everyone else, she had humbled herself to pursue the very object of her faith, Jesus Christ. Everyone else was standing up. They were part of the crowd, content to approach Jesus at the same level and deeply unaware at, at any kind of level like she was of how authentic their need for him was. God often allows us to exhaust our physical, mental, emotional, and financial resources so that we can cast ourselves upon him and humble ourselves to go low enough to reach out to him in faith. Mark tells us that once this woman fulfilled her undercover mission, she was immediately healed. In verse 29, we read these exciting words. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. The woman felt a powerful surge enter her, in, enter her body, and she knew right away that she had been healed. The word immediately is maybe the key word in the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark uses this word immediately 42 times. That's a lot. Mark wants us to understand that the healing was instantaneous. The victory of Christ in whatever area of life is instantaneous when He gives it. But it happened, this one, the healing of this woman, it happened without Jesus' conscious participation. Such was the power that he had and continues to have. This woman approached the Savior as an unclean person. She left him cleansed from a moment's encounter. The woman didn't make Jesus unclean. Jesus made the woman clean. It wasn't the purity or perfection of her faith that healed her. Jesus' power healed her. Her faith was a response to his power, and the singular quality of her faith was acting in hope in spite of the things she feared. And she had much to fear, right? We've already listed those. Yet she acted on her faith in Jesus, and immediately he healed her. We must always remember that faith reaches out to an object. There's nothing saving in faith itself. It's the object of our faith. Jesus Christ, He's the one who heals and saves. And we need to remember that because we're surrounded by a culture that thinks that, that um, you can't judge any supposed statement of faith. But you better make sure what is the object of your faith. 
Because there's one God, and He is most clearly revealed to us in Jesus Christ, His only Son. And He alone is Savior, and there is forgiveness and eternal life in Him and nowhere or in no one else. So the object of your faith is perhaps the most important determination that you ever make in life. Jesus Christ, He's the one who heals and saves. So, reach out and touch Jesus today. Today, Jesus asks only that you believe that He has the power to do for you what he cannot what you cannot do for yourself your faith may be imperfect it may be weak but when you come with whatever faith you have jesus reaches out to you with healing and you too will hear his words go in peace the original language can be translated Go into peace. That's good stuff right there. Move out of restlessness and into peace. Leave turmoil behind and move into peace by faith in Jesus Christ. What a magnificent place to live in peace. Jesus' gift of peace will come to you as you reach out in faith and touch Him. He knows the touch of faith. He recognized it that day in the woman who had been subject to bleeding. And immediately she was healed. Jesus always responds. So reach out in faith and touch Jesus today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much um, for this account of, of how loving and patient and forgiving and saving Jesus Christ is. He was to the woman that day. Um, it must have been such a staggering relief in her life to be free um, from the illness that she had had for 12 years, to be free from the bleeding, to be healed physically, to be restored to family and community and to worship and to participation in daily life where she lived. God, thank you that you still offer all of that to us. Thank you, Jesus, that you came to love and to save. May we be wise to accept your salvation today. And may we be empowered by your Holy Spirit that you have poured out upon the church to leave here to lead others to know Christ as Savior and to serve Him as Lord. Thank you, Father, for your great love. You stopped the whole parade to speak to each one of us. You're never in too much of a hurry or have something that's so important that you would ignore any one of us. We can, we should, we do come to you today. We pray all these things in your holy name. Amen. God bless you. I love you.